Hey, welcome to the Join and Chronicles. I'm your host, Heath. And I'll be your co-host, Sam. Hey, welcome back. We're just back. You gonna rip that? You gonna rip it to start it? Yeah, let's start it. Go ahead, recap us in. Cap us in, Cap. <laughs> Alright, so we left off with Louis and Armand. This is a big one. <laughs> Do you even know what it's like to have a conversation with no point with us? <laughs> They're like, yeah, this podcast. <laughs> this entire time. We think we're talking about a book and we're not. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is this interview with the vampire? Like, it's our own made-up fucking shit in our head. It's my mind. <laughs> They're like, this, these bitches are wild. <laughs> it's kind of like when you were a kid and you used to make up those B2K stories. Bro, I know. <laughs> you always have to talk about that. <laughs> embarrassing lady phase i know <laughs> i know i wasn't even gonna bring it up and he's and, he, and he's a ter- like he's not a good person oh. and i like him <laughs> i mean did he like cheat i don't on know marion's like or he like had an affair with a marion's wife or some shit like that that's juicy i didn't know look a little a little a little b2k tea for you right there <laughs> Literally, a decade later. I'm still in it. Even when you think I'm not in it. So, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, though, that you do this podcast now. Kind of retell stories. Are you saying I'm good at telling stories? That's good. That's a compliment. I'm like, that is... I'm just going to wait for you. I'll take response. 600 for trick questions. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, growing up and reading... Like, and you feel like you're stuttering, but you're not. You're actually, like, the best reader in the class, but you feel like you're doing so shitty. That's how, when someone gives me a compliment, that's how I take it. Like, it could be positive, but are they making it a negative? I've never read to the class, and it actually be good. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, you're always showing off your best quality. (laughs) Oh, you can read, huh? You like reading out loud, huh? Sorry, and no mistakes? No mistakes? Chris is, Chris is listening like, she fucking knows, man. That was a diss. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, we're not going to get into this. <laughs> so, we're finally back. This is going to be episode... Ten. Just kidding. <laughs> four. Episode four. Episode four. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> They're like, wait, we're listening to a podcast? <laughs> Okay, so last we left, Louis and Armand traveled around the world. Uh, they were looking for art, kind of being that couple, you know, going around and... Honeymoon Yeah, style. I was going to say, a literal, yeah. a literal honeymoon. You know, like, Armand's like, I can show you the world. <laughs> yeah, but Louis had very little love for him. He was just kind of tagging along. At this point, Louis finally switched. He was done. He was just watching the world now at this time. He didn't have that profound sense of... Uh, empathy anymore it was just he turned his salvatore switch on yeah he didn't well off technically right yeah well if he's turning into a salvatore which is like like he's like he turned into a daemon salvatore it would be turning on because he was such an emo fuck his it, his daemon his salvatore switch would be off okay i'm not <laughs> i'm not picking up what you're putting down <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. i might be over explaining it <laughs> But he hit the switch. So they're out and about doing all this stuff and kind of celebrating living life, experiencing life. Because Louis never really experienced life anyway. Remember, he always took care of everybody. He never really sat there and um, just did something for himself. So that's what he's kind of doing. And Armand's like, hey, don't mean to bring it up, but... It's because Armand wanted drama. He was like, you're so boring. I need to create drama. He's like, maybe we should head back home. But not to France, to Louisiana. Because... Why not? Let's just check out what's going on. Let's see what's left. 
Armand's just sitting there staring. And basically he tells him, like, oh yeah, Lisette's not dead. So we should head back. Louis kind of, the way he describes things at this point, he's like, oh, well, I kind of forgot about Lestat. I've been living this, like, life without him. And he, I don't know. I don't know. The way I took it was that he, like, he gave little thought to Lestat. I don't think he forgot him. I think he was just not thinking about him much at that time anymore. My life is a lie. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> All the time. So Louis had nearly forgotten Lestat. He wasn't giving him any time of day anymore, like, in his mind. And Louis's like, all right, let's... He's like, you know what? This shit's been boring. I can use a little, a little zaddy. A little zaddy zaddy zaddy. (laughs) Lestat. A little, little skit, Lizette. Little skit again. It's gonna haunt me forever. (laughs) Or mispronouncing. (laughs) While I'm saying I'm gonna mispronounce. Is it real or true? Is it true or real? True or real. That's literally going to be our first, like, merch (laughs) shirt. So Louis agrees and leads Armand to basically his former home. He's like, I know this way. Follow me. (laughs) He opens the door. So that's like, baby, where have you been? (laughs) Well, they get into town and, or he, he basically tells the interviewer and is describing the city as unchanged. Like, nothing's really changed about New Orleans and it's just kind of the same so he's kind of like taken back by that because at this point he's experienced so much change around in the world that when he's going back home it felt like this eerie stillness you know what I mean I feel like that kind of goes back for like anybody who goes back to their hometown they're like shit it's low-key different but still the same Louis is kind of experiencing all this like guilt and he's Memory so sad. Lane. Yeah, he's definitely running it through his brain and experiencing all those memories that I think for like almost 70 years they had together out Which there. Which is a technical human lifetime. Yeah, that's a <laughs> hell of a long time to be experiencing life as a family because that's what they had. They had this made up little family. Right while they're out there, Louis sees this like young vampire. He follows him because he was like, this. I know Lestat's type. And that was Louis. Louis Louis like, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely Lestat's type. So he follows him and sure sure as shit, dude, he finds Lestat. He's like, I knew you would. This kid had like a baby, so he was feeding Lestat like this baby child because I guess Lestat Lestat missed Louis. He's like, I'm gonna eat all the babies now. <laughs> it's I'm the child you. eater. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> So um, this this kid has like a baby and Louis looking and realizing Lestat's still very frail. Nothing's changed. He's very sick. And it's kind of pointing to that Lestat couldn't catch up with the modern era. Like he just wasn't. He's he, just being a fucking creep and eating babies. Like, the babies. Like, all right, weirdo. <laughs> so at this time, Lestat was basically living off of animal carcasses like he was doing the whole thing that he made fun of louis about for how many years louis said don't knock it till you try it well that was trying it and he wasn't making it how do you do it louis and louis kind of is observing like the behavior between lestat and this young vampire that he's just created and he realizes lestat's fear of this young vampire abandoning him you know what i mean so he has like ptsd dude he's like bro Claudia and Louis just kept trying to kill me. <laughs> Fuck. No one wants me. And that's what Lestat, I guess, ultimately at the end, that's what he was doing, just in fear 
of being left alone. He was fear procreating. Okay, I'm so scared. I'm going to make you a vampire. And then, so he's, like I said, he's observing them. And then he taps on the window. Like, Louis like, tap, tap. <laughs> That's not great. Lissat's like, this has a fucking heart attack. <laughs> well, no, Lissat obviously takes notice right away. And he's, like, so fucking, like, excited. He couldn't believe that it was Louis. <laughs> He thought Louis was coming back and was gonna like be with him and they were gonna be happy. He was like, Oh my god, you found me, you, you came gave back me home. My Disney ending. And Louis just ignores him. Like, doesn't even acknowledge him and just goes straight towards the baby that he was going to consume. And Lissat that whole time as Louis ignoring him is apologizing, telling him, Please come back. I'm so sorry. And Louis literally doesn't even So he's like, I'm gonna be in your house and awkwardly cradle this baby while you beg me to stay. Like it's very dramatic. It's so petty. And so... Like, I know you can hear me. You're in my house. <laughs> but I think that at this point, Louis kind of realizes that Lestat's dying. That he's not dealing with the modern world. Like how Armand told him that it's either the vampires, they continue in the modern world, they grow with it, or they don't. And they become those feral, weird, fucking... Ghouls. Yeah, vampires. Like, just these vicious creatures that know nothing but savagery mm -hmm. that's a sick word savagery at this point louis is just like so exhausted from listening to lestat's bullshit he takes the baby <laughs> and you're lying yeah he takes the baby leaves lestat and despite lestat's like tearful begging louis like nah and he's like and i took your baby so louis returns <laughs> the baby at to its home and that was that like louis like you're not gonna kill it you didn't even get a word from me, and you know that I'm here in town. He really played that game. He says, you're not going to have this pussy. <laughs> That's what he said. He flaunted it all in front of him, and he was like, you can't taste it. So it was some time passes after that. A month later, Louis tells Armand about his visit with Lestat and how it affected him. He kind of kept it to himself for a little bit, was doing his own thing, and then I guess finally he felt the need to talk about it he was bored so he needed to create drama he's like by the way like let me tell you what happened at like that house <laughs> like you know vampire time it would be like the next day for us but it was like months for them and then like by the way but louis just he realized that it didn't have an effect on him like seeing lestat and seeing how he was he had so much fear for such a long time of this guy i felt like at this point, he wasn't feeling any of it. He wasn't feeling sorry for him. He wasn't feeling scared of him. He wasn't feeling anything about Lestat. I think after losing Claudia, he had closure with Lestat. So Armand is obviously saddened by this because Armand loved Louis for that empathy. He loved how attached he was to his humanity and how attached he was to good morals. And that's what intrigued Armand in the I first love the place. you. I don't love the new woke you. Mm -hmm. I love the old, the old you that was so dramatic and lived on negativity. So he realized his plan to rekindle Louis's passion by returning to New Orleans failed. He thought coming back home... He got a big old laugh on that one. <laughs> yeah, he thought coming back home, it was gonna, I don't know, change him, I guess. Make him be how he used to be before Claudia's death, before mm. Madeline's death. He'd need to rewind the time. I mean, the guy experienced almost like 200 years of just bullshit, dude. On top of his regular life that happened before that, like his brother dying, which was more bullshit. Yeah. 
He was sitting on a big pile of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> For a couple hundred years, imagine not being bitter about that. You know what I mean? Imagine that not changing who you are. I don't care if you're dead or not. Yeah. That's my foot. Oh, no. I was looking at that light. I thought Anna was getting dropped off. <laughs> I think we still have a minute for that. And basically, like, Armand's, like, being a mad girlfriend. He's like, you don't feel anything anymore. In a last-ditch effort to arouse Louis' emotion, Armand admits he himself killed Claudia. Dang. The ultimate. So this whole time, he kept blaming Santiago and how he can't control Santiago, even though his, like, mind power was literally... Are you control. saying Armand manipulated Louis? Yeah. So are you saying that Louis loves a manipulator? That's his type? Yeah, yeah, I would say he definitely falls <laughs> for, him? for the yeah, he likes, convincible people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and shout out to Armand for just being, just taking that last knife and just turning it like, by the way, I killed Claudia. Louis's like... This is why I can't feel anything with you. Well, he he sits there and he's like, I know. I've been knowing. That's why Louis has no like sympathy or empathy towards people. That's why Louis's no longer that person. Because he knew all along he was being manipulated. And he was just so fucking tired, he just let it happen. Because after Claudia's death, I don't think Louis very much cared anymore for anything, let alone himself. Louis left one domestic abuse relationship for another one. And then at that point, Armand's like, okay, well, I guess you're just never going to be the vampire you used to be. You'll never be my daddy. Bye. (laughs) Flips his long black hair. And he realizes that his actions really, like, rendered Louis incapable of being the vampire that he used to love or that he once loved. He leaves and he's like, am I the drama? He walks away. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Armand Knowing full well that he, like, just destroyed him. Or he tried to. I feel like he tried to dig in deep, but there's nothing to dig in deep anymore to Louis. At this point, Louis kind of, he knows Armand's going to die. Louis, at this point, so filled with sorrow, he leaves New Orleans. He's like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And that was the end of the story. It goes right back to the interviewer and Louis, like, sitting in that little hotel room He's also, how would you like my awkward ass story? Like in the end, I leave Louisiana without saying anything to Lestat. I know. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, there's no ending to this. Well, he refuses to accept that outcome. He's like, that's not. That can't be the ending. I'm not gonna write this article, and that's the ending. Don't stop lying. He's, he's like, you definitely have never written a book, okay? Like, you don't end things that way. You're gonna get everyone mad at you. He's like, that's it, I quit. I don't want this story anymore. (laughs) And at this point, the interviewer kind of starts antagonizing Louis. Like, well, then just make me a vampire. What are you waiting for? You don't know what... What are you waiting for? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) My pussy's gone crazy! (laughs) (laughs) At that point, the interviewer doesn't want to accept it. He's begging Louis, like, change me, make me a vampire. You're fully capable of doing it. Yeah. So Louis didn't give a warning. He made it more enticing. He's like, give me the vamp life. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I'll take vamp life, please. Well, he starts to tell Louis, like, you don't understand what it is to be human now in the modern world. Like, you get to experience, like, what it is being alive in the modern world, but you don't get to experience what it is to be human like, the responsibilities of, like, waking up a 9-to-5. I mean, compared to the 1700s to now, to the modern time that was 1980 when this interview was happening, 
life's changed. Yeah, I mean, it's such a different thing to be alive and to experience. And Louis pissed. Like, he's like, excuse me? I tell you all of this. All of this fucking shit. This whole story. And what you get out of it is, well, just make me a vampire. Because <laughs> like, you don't like the ending. He's like, actually, so... How about you just make me a vampire? Like, I've been waiting this whole time to just just tell me. Just tell me. And he basically tells him he might embrace eternity a lot better than Louis. He's like, I could I could do this. You may not like it, and you are, like, not figuring it out. He's like, I'm going to be good at this. Make me a vampire. And Louis is just so fucking pissed off. He's like, wow, so I failed in explaining everything I was trying to explain to you. Because you don't fucking get it. With the tape still running, Louis tries to make a point by biting the boy. It's like, didn't you understand? I love eating boys. <laughs> this whole time. And he just flies across the table. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time I've been warning you. Boy was barely clinging to life. He was done with it. He's like, all right, you want this? Here, let me fucking get you to the point where you're going to feel what it is to start. So some time passes and the boy awakes. He rewinds the tape until he hears Lestat's address in New Orleans and immediately sets off to Louisiana. Straight up, it was like, if you won't turn me, he will. But, like, he just got his ass, like, drank. Um, and then you're like, you wake up, and the first thing you do, like, I'm gonna go fuck with them. Yeah. I choose vamp life. He's right then and there, he chose vamp life. <laughs> so, that's the end of the book. Homeboy dips out after all of that. After Louis goes into this huge detail about how how oh, i mean he really went into detail about how he felt mm. and really explained all of this to this boy all the loss all the pain how he went from being so hyper sensitive to other people to now being completely numb to people and this guy's like i want that he's like that sounds like fun i mean to each his own it <laughs> might actually sound like fun to him like to be fair louis don't be mad that you're just still not having fun at it again literally <laughs> all right so now that's the end of the book, and how do you feel? Well, I mean, if your goal was to make me like Louis, I still don't. So we still have a few more books in between here and there that bring up Louis. More towards, I guess, like the end of the Chronicles is when, like, maybe he might he might swing my way. Um, you definitely get more like character build up with Louis when it comes to um, the Blackwood Farm and stuff like that. So when we start getting to the Mayfair witches, you actually will get a little bit more a little Louis. That's what I'm that's what I'm excited about. But Louis and Lestat's tales constantly twist in and out of each other. What I like how this like you get to make your own opinion about like um these characters, but when you read the books, you get to see how like you were explaining how intertwined they are, and then you end up loving those characters and, and wanting those characters. So that's what I'm excited for, is to, is to feel that. To feel how I feel for Lestat, I want to feel that for Louis. And well, games for this for this podcast. I want to get Louis tattooed on me. <laughs> Even though you, you still hate Louis. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I love to hate him. So with where the book stands right now, you're not Team Louis. I'm not. Nope. I don't think a lot of people are, to be very honest. I mean, I, I'm not Team Lestat either. Who would be your favorite character? Claudia. Claudia is such a complex character, and I feel like it's easy to confuse her as just, like, this little shitty brat, but there's so much more to it. The fact that she lived such a such a long life, almost, like, over a hundred years. Such a as young. As a five-year-old. Yeah. 
you live over a hundred years. You imagine, like, could you imagine feeling the complex emotions you feel as an adult and looking in the mirror and it's a five-year-old? That would just be a mind trip. It's probably why she went crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, and she was raised by Lissette, so he was fucking crazy. He was. I think a little bit of all of them kind of made Claudia the monster that she was. They definitely fed into that. Well, it was the worst of both of them mm-hmm. in one. Mm-hmm. And they definitely failed her. It was, it's definitely like a lot of like a parenting fail. You know what I mean? And I think that's what really affects Lestat and Louis. And we're going to see in like these future books, the prolonged effects of Claudia's death from Louis's point of view, but also Lestat's point of view. And I think that when you start to see these characters develop in the series, you get that sense of regret. It's also a really good background story between two characters to be like that holds so much. Like, like you know nothing mm-hmm. about Lestat at this point. Absolutely nothing. Next season, which is going to be the vampire Lestat, we're going to get to know a little bit more about who Lestat was before all this. But as a first book, this is all you know about these characters and all of that happened, but you only get to see it through one point of view. And then the second book, you see it through the next point of view, but not the same story, but a continued life. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting. Well, yeah, because Lestat ends up telling his version, right? Yeah, because I mean, literally the second book starts off with Lestat saying and acknowledging the interview with the vampire book, which, he's is, like, which is such a cool shout out. Like you're shouting out your own book in your book. Like, Well, that's what I really like about Anne Rice is that she really did write in the point of view of her character. So if you look in the back of the books, you'll see basically notes from the vampire that's writing the book that they were doing this at this time to give to this person to publish. So it's really interesting because you really get this feeling that you are reading what somebody was writing down from their point of view of, of really experiencing it. And that's what I really love about Anne Rice. Yeah, the development she gives her characters. Yeah. And the, just the entire, like, it just feels like you're falling into the world of vampires. Like, when you read, like, you have the book, and then all of a sudden the book turns into a black, big black hole, and you turn into, like, some, like, weird animated character, and you fall through the hole, and you're like, ah! <laughs> and you're falling into the world of, like, and Rice. That's what I feel like. But that's a good book. Yeah, when I, when I read. Mm-hmm. Like, if a book doesn't give me that vibe, I won't read it, no matter how well, like, it's rated anywhere else. So, how do you feel about the ending for Lestat? Uh, I feel like what Louis did, which made me mad, like, grow up. Okay, first well, of all, he, he lived a million fucking years. Yeah, like, he obviously, up. like, he went seeking him out. Yeah, and then he just, like... Ignored him. Literally, I don't get that. I mean, I do, but I don't. Like, for the... Like, I just... It makes me feel bad for Lestat, but I do know, like, Lestat's not a good guy. So, it's like, you're like, is it karma? But you're just like, when... Does it end? But it's kind of one of those things that do you hold people accountable for things that they did to you in the past when now everything is so completely different? Yeah. That was completely dying. He wasn't making it in the modern world. And Louis was thriving. Louis was the powerful one. He now had the upper hand. So do you let go and forgive? You know what I mean? Or do you still hold on to it? Yeah, but I mean, you live forever. Like, you're going to have to eventually, like, move fucking forward. That's what I'm saying. Like, even, like, you're a vampire. You know character development really fucking happens. Mm -hmm. 
and you're living hundreds of years, you're going to tell me you're going to have the same point of view as you did like 300 years ago. I barely still have the point of view from five years ago. I'm pretty sure Lestat touches base on that quite a few times in his books. Yeah. Like when he's like doing his self-analoguing and he brings up small stuff that he said. I also, one of my favorite things that she does. And you're like, oh, I remember reading that. I remember, mm-hmm. like, and it brings you back to like that room you were reading it in. Or even when you're reading throughout the Chronicles, they'll kind of name drop different people throughout their Chronicles. They're like, oh, yeah, and so-and-so or... They may not be tied in the story, but I did meet them during this, such, such, such. And that's what's really cool. Like I said, it just feels like you're really there and you're really experiencing all of that with them. So that's the end of the interview with the vampire. We leave it there. We're going to chalk it up as Louis kind of a dick. Yeah. And let's just get on to the next book. Cause like if I were to close that book, I'd be like, all right, I got to get the other one. Like I would want to pick it up and just pick right back up to where, where I can find out more information. Well, it sucks because the next book doesn't even pick up like that. I know. But you don't know that until you pick it up and read it. But also, we're getting closer to the Queen of the Damned. I know, which is one one of my favorites. So I, I'm excited to get to the Tale of the Body Thief. That's what I'm excited to get to. Once we get to that, oh my gosh, like, I'm going to be so excited. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, lore we have to go into. I feel like that's like a, a magical book. It's kind of where she like true blood like started to to turn into like the whole fairy dumb yeah. thing. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on in this show? Well, what what happens? What happens basically is book three takes us more into what created vampirism, and that a lot of it has to do with actual magic. So once we hit book number three, um, we'll be talking more about the magic aspect of the Anne Rice's stories. That intertwines with the vampire chronicles. And that's where we really start getting juicy information. Um, so thanks for hanging out. Thanks for honestly experiencing this first season with us. It's been a really huge learning experience. It's or, been a long road. Like how many times this almost didn't happen? So many times. It, it took two years of getting my shit together. Also on top of that, script writing. Now we're going to be heading to... Our producer. Our producer studio, which is fucking cool. Next season's gonna be the sound. Be... <laughs> That's not what I was gonna say. <laughs> the sound of next season is gonna sound better. We're gonna be It's gonna be phenomenal. <laughs> and it's gonna be recorded back to back. So we're gonna be going through this book within a weekend. Yeah. We're gonna be really high. Yeah, so it's gonna be a hell of fun. I hope you guys join us. Make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Yeah, there won't be any motorcycles, motorcycle sounds in that one. Stay tuned. (laughs) Bye, guys.